have you ever wanted to give up, grown weary, maybe even believe in God for a miracle for your family, for your body, for your finances, but it's just not happening? Have you thought maybe your faith has failed? No, it's not your faith failed. It's a breakdown of our hope. Talking this walk. Receiving the Lord's salvation is one thing, but working it out in our own lives is another. It's what we refer to as the walk. Today's podcast topic request is hope. Hope synonyms are anticipation, prospect, vision, longing, confidence, desire, expectation, and trust. In today's society, hope is what everyone needs. We all need hope. No matter who you are, you need hope. One of the hardest things sometimes for us as people is waiting on God's timing. If we can take a time out and look back over our lives, we can see that we made it through many things, but it took time. So don't lose hope. When I think of hope, I think of a lot of people have hope in money, finances, their own understanding, but what is hope really? We as believers in Jesus Christ, put our hope in him we put our hope in his word but sometimes knowing the word of god is not enough that it has to be a supernatural relationship that you have with jesus christ because if we have the promises of god when the storms do come that's not enough it can break someone down easier if its foundation is not built on that relationship and people can grow weary while they're standing on faith and standing on hope if they don't have that relationship rooted with jesus christ there's a lot of things that can contribute to us losing hope, which could be from loss of loved ones, finances. It could be relationships from marriages, family, friendships, and business. And the big one could be our faith in God. Hope is a beautiful thing, and it can be up and down. We have to be anchored in what we truly believe. You have to have this supernatural expectancy that I'm going to win. The opposite of hope would be despair. And when we despair, it is because we feel that there are no choices. These are things that are contrary to hope. And this is ways that a lot of us can be feeling due to seclusion, not being able to gather and be encouraging to one another. But since we've been going through the pandemic, there has been a lot of loss of loved ones. You know, losing loved ones can really send people in states of depression, loss of job. That can really force people to start losing hope and doing things that they really don't want to do or that they usually wouldn't do. You know, it's been tough on families. So when marriages break up from stress and Finances. finances and, you know, if we don't have Jesus, then what are we really putting our hope in? And when we don't put our hope in God, then we're just headed for destruction. I know the word of God says all these amazing things, but there's this relationship with God. When I'm seeking you and the word says that I can cry out to you, Abba, Father, these are the real conversations I have with God at five o'clock in the morning when I want to give up or I'm exhausted or I don't know what to feed myself or, you know, what's going on with my health, God. These are the real conversations when I feel weary in my hope or is this my faith? Am I losing trust? No, the devil is a liar. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. If it makes the heart sick, how bad do we need to have hope? And when your heart is sick, 
your heart is really where everything stems from so to have a sick heart means that it opens the door for so many things to come in no a sick heart to me is death death one of the things i think about when the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy you know take someone's faith and take someone's hope you got a broke man a poor man a dead man because they can take your money but in reality you have hope you have faith that it's going to be restored but if i come and steal your hope and your faith you're a dead man because like you said it's a matter of the heart and that heart gets sick game over that heart stops game over you know and and, and I, I can relate to when i was an unbeliever you know one year i lost my grandmother and i lost my uncle which was so close to us like three months apart when my grandmother first passed i felt my heart sick i almost went into a state of depression because you know she meant so much to our family and when it happened my hope was not in jesus christ and that was one of the reasons i believe that it really hit me so hard and then three months later we lost our uncle so it really put me in a whirlwind and back then you know i was drinking because i was an alcoholic so i drank more people couldn't talk to me i had a bad attitude i had a quick trigger so to speak if anybody said anything i didn't like then i was ready to release the anger that i had built up inside of me if i had jesus then i could have healed but i had nothing to have my hope in now i knew god but i wasn't serving god so i wasn't producing the fruit of the spirit i didn't have anything that i really had my hope in besides the world and things that would pass my time which i chose to be alcohol and marijuana things that i was just doing you know i was out there in the world but i just didn't care it's just almost like i was just passing time i had no hope and when you have no hope it's like you have an idle mind and the enemy loves to come in and now you're doing things that are not profitable you're doing things that can cause you death you're doing things that opens the door to so many things that can truly harm you or even possibly shorten your life hebrews 6 19 says hope is the anchor of my soul hope keeps me sure and steadfast and when i think about that you are saying you got a sick heart and how you gave your testimony of the multiple deaths back to back in your family and i can testify to that this year you know mm -hmm. if we had five deaths in our family it's like whammy after whammy but you said it can be a sick heart and when you said sick heart i thought of that scripture wax cold heart the Bible warns us not to have a wax cold heart. Mm -hmm. And even though that account comes from Matthew and it's talking about iniquity and sin, but it's still a wax cold heart that can develop from circumstances, from situations, because if we don't control our mind and how we're thinking to get that out or even be conscious of what is going on with that ailment, that infirmity, that sickness that's trying to be established in our heart, then death can happen to us. Spiritual death can happen to us from a wax cold heart then our ears start to close and we can't receive anything. So when I think about these situations and circumstances that can take people out and tear them apart, we do have good news. And that good news is the hope, the word of God. Amen. Because when we do go on the wrong road, the Bible declares that the wages of sin is death, like alcoholism, things that we do to try to manage the pain, so to speak, lean into drugs. But it's really all a substitute for the real thing that we are missing, which is Jesus Christ. In John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And it says, I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You know, the enemy comes to steal 
He wants to steal your life. He wants to steal everything that is good in your life. And he wants to kill. He wants to kill you. If he can kill you, then he can get you away from your purpose that you have in Christ. You know, and he wants to destroy. He wants to destroy you and push you down to the point to where you can't get up. You know, sometimes we can rise and we think we're okay. But if we're living not for God, we can fall so hard. And the enemy will love for us to fall hard because the harder you fall, the harder it is to get up. So he would love for you to get high and then fall. We have to be careful that we don't allow ourselves to fall for that trick. When he comes to kill, he's not just coming to kill us physically because mm-hmm. he wants to physically kill us. But before he can physically kill us, he has to spiritually kill us. And a lot of time people we give up our rights. And we'll roll over and we don't fight for what God says in his promises. He attacks the mind of everybody first to have doubt, to have depression, to stay there. Don't get up. Don't brush your hair. Drink. When I had situations that I wanted to deal with, like you were saying, mask your pain, I would drink probably a bottle of wine at home at night after my kids would go to sleep, not partying out with my friends. No, I needed to go to sleep so I could wake up and go to work, have my alarm clock and still be the faker face Mm -hmm. in the next day, right? Trying to be a person of integrity, not letting people see me break down. So I would mask it, drinking like a half a bottle of wine or crying my eyes out, whatever, just so I can sleep. In reality, there's something more deeper than that because spiritually, you know, the enemy attacks you at night, but it was a matter of the mind. So when I think about that now, I am quick when the enemy tries to come and get into my mind of depression or fatigued or don't brush your hair today or not to, to stay in the presence of God. I have to nip that in the bud. Think what I'm thinking about. Yeah, because God has a counter for everything. Everything. You know, that proverb scripture, you know, that was Solomon that wrote that. And when that hope is deferred, that makes the heart sick. But when desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. So the counter is your desire being fulfilled. It's a tree of life. The wages of sin is death. Now, and in John, the scripture 10.10 He says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Life, that's God. He's bringing Jesus. He's bringing life. So even though the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So there's always a choice. There's always a counter. But what counter will we choose? Whose ways will we choose? There's only one way that can give us the hope that we need. And that's the way of Jesus Christ, because he is the way, the truth and the life. You better believe that's my back pocket weapon, too, of hope, because like, again, when the enemy tries to come up and it happens daily, it happens throughout the day. You know what I mean? So I have to constantly check my mind to make sure that hope is there. And I know the fact is everything in every situation, I'm going to reemphasize that again, every situation has to bow at the name of Jesus. So when I tell that, no, you don't belong here. No, Jesus says this of me. You know what I mean? There's always a counter. So I have to constantly be quick. Many times I have to write things down too. whatever, how bad the situation is. If it's a situation with my family, if it's my health or the situation with children, whatever the situation is, I write it down to hear what I'm hearing, and then I start to write the truth next to it, which is like with the Word of God and what God says about that. I have I have to put stickers up around the house or declarations. I start declaring things, speaking the Word of God, declaring along with praying. So now my hope for something better is moved with the faith. And then faith and hope together with the Word of God is so powerful. It's supernatural because I have to keep my spirit man there so that when the enemy tries to come and put me down, my spirit man rises up so my soul of feelings of worry, of anxiety, of being a mom or, you know, finances, anything doesn't try to just 
take control of what I'm thinking, acting, or saying. One of the great books that I read was Joyce Meyer's Battlefield of the Minds. And that's the book that I read when I was on the airplane and it woke me up. And I realized the enemy had lied to me my whole life. And what was I thinking about? That was the book that made me bend my knees and give my life to Christ because it was a battle of my mind that I was trying to be the overachiever, trying to handle all the situations and circumstances on my own understanding or with the understanding of science and knowledge and self-help books. And it was a lie. I was being deceived to by the enemy that he came to steal my hope, to steal my joy, you know, to steal my freedom. It was amazing, but we can take for granted how we are defeated in our mind. We, mm-hmm. we, we die daily in our mind. And sometimes we think that the enemy is coming like a big red (laughs) devil and it's all highlighted and we see him so clear. But we put our hope in different things. You know, when I wasn't believing in Christ and when I wasn't following Christ, I had hope in me. I had hope in the money I was making. I had hope in the drugs I was selling. I had hope in the things that I had. I had hope in my home. I had hope in my cars. I had hope in my jewelry. I had hope in everything that I was doing. And that pretty much was my God. It was my idol. But in my mind, I didn't believe that's what it was. I just thought I was sustainable. But actually, the enemy had me fooled. Because I was just living a lie. And my hope that I had was going to run out sooner or later. That's why nothing can replace Jesus in my life. And I'm so glad for his mercies that are new every day. In Romans 8, 24 to 25, it reads, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why do he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? Now, it says we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Like if we see something, then how can it truly be hope? Jesus Christ, we can't see him in the natural. Some of the things that he has promised us, we don't see him in the natural, but we have hope in him. We have hope in his word. We have hope that these things shall come to pass. But if I could see it, why would I have to hope for it? Because I couldn't possibly hope for something that I seen. When a situation happens that I start to pray on it, I have hope that it's going to be the latter, victorious, right? So if someone's sick, I'm praying for their healing. And I keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. And then when I see the healing take place in the spirit realm, then I start to praise God for it and thank God for the healing because I know it's already released right now. It's just a matter of time. There is a supernatural thing with hope that's taking place. And from hope to faith, it's a shift. We have to spend time shifting the situation out of the circumstance into something spiritual. Yeah. And that verse right there, 25. But if we hope for that, we see not. Then do we with patience wait for it. I have hope. I have hope in the things to come. I love it because it's exercising our faith. It's exercising our belief. It's saying, Jesus, you are my hope. Your word is my hope. Your word is my truth. Even if I can't see it, it's still the truth because I'm walking by faith and not by sight. And we have to stir ourselves up. You know, sometimes we have to encourage ourselves. We need to light our fires if, if we're getting dull. You know, we need to be around other believers. Iron sharpens iron. But when we get into the word, you know, we just need to refresh ourselves with the word of God. Speak it over our lives and we need to reinforce what God says and even when we can't see it he says do we with patience 
Wait for it. Wait for it. I think of the Israelites when they were still in bondage under Pharaoh and they were working daily, 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 getting whipped, getting beat, barely having enough food to sustain. They knew the scrolls was a promised Messiah. They knew hope was coming. They mm-hmm. knew the deliverer was coming. They had hope. They didn't know the time frame. They didn't know how long. They didn't know, but they knew the promises of God, right? So they were every day looking for that hope, believing in that hope, still serving, getting you know persecuted and everything by Pharaoh. They still believe in hope. And you're right. It's the, the mindset that we have, that we have to be determined. It's the word of God. I wonder what songs they sang when they were in slavery back in the Israelites days, right? The praises that must have roared. And when Moses came as a deliverer, you know what I'm saying? Like you think about that and we think, oh, I've been hoping for this for five years, but how long were you persecuted and whipped and beaten by the enemy and all these circumstances and situations? You're not the only one. This was a nation. A lot of people people were going through it that I think of being steadfast again being anchored and what are you anchored in where is your hope anchored in your is it in your money is it in the word is it in the promises of God is it that relationship or like I said that covenant with God what are we anchored in yeah and a lot of people always be like do you really talk like that <laughs> and they say that you know All joking. The time. and I'm like yeah and what it is is because I love the word of God and we are to, supposed to speak it over our lives so I speak it in Romans eight twenty eight. so I do use a lot of scripture yeah but it's profitable it's good it's healthy it's encouraging but it's the truth. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. See, when we know that all things are working for our good, it doesn't matter what it looks like. We have hope knowing that all things are working for the good of those that love God. I love God. I'm called according to his purpose. I know all things are working for my good. So I have to speak like that because I have to be transformed by the new of my mind yeah. to his word, to his truth, to things that I don't see. And that's the whole thing about his word and how we can stir ourselves up, how we can enforce the truth over the lies of the enemy. So we have to continue to speak the word over ourselves. He wants to steal that seed. That word is a seed. That seed shall manifest. The manifestation is the thing that we spoke that we couldn't see and we spoke it into existence and we must wait patiently like the scripture said because the word is true and it shall not come back void once we speak God's word we are changing things we are decreeing and we are declaring we are imposing the will of God we are imposing the kingdom he said we take it by force so we are going to impose his word on this earth on earth as it is in heaven I love the fact that you're saying, speaking the word of God, we have to know the word of God. And the only way we know the word of God is studying the word of God, hearing it from the pulpit, you know, reading the Bible, hearing the Bible, even in applications. If you're not reading the Bible and you can't read the Bible, you need to get that word in your spirit somehow. So it comes back to memory. But it's so important to do that. A lot of Christians will say, well, sometimes my mind doesn't stay there. It's so hard. It's so hard. You know, I just can't help to think what I'm thinking about. But yes, you can, because in Philippians 4, 8, it says that we can control what we're thinking about. And also, too, when the enemy tries to come up in my mind, we have to cast all those imaginations down that are trying to make itself higher than what God says. Right. So we have to speak life, like you said, the word of God over our situation. When we speak the word, the word was what? Life. Amen. And so that's what gives us life. And we start declaring it. And the same time that puts our spirit man giving it to God. So speaking the word is vital. We have to know the word of God. We have to speak it. And that's why when I 
I write the situations down, I have to write the word down next, next to it so I can retrain my mind even though I might know it. Sometimes I might get off, but I don't want to be that one that says, well, it's hard to, to think that way. No, I have to fight with everything what I got. So write the word, declare the word, and believe the word. You can get a favorite scripture and you can speak that. Don't feel pressure that you have to know the whole Bible. I'm not saying don't study the Bible, but I am saying that you don't have to know it all. And you can find a scripture that pertains to whatever situation you are going through. The word of God has answers for anything that you are going through in life. And find that scripture. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Whose hope the Lord is. It's extremely important that we don't put our hope in people or things, but in Jesus Christ. He's our rock. Jesus is hope for the hopeful and hope for the hopeless. What are some things that you can share in conclusion to hope? Make prayer and quiet time the priority of every day. I started making appointments with God. I made appointments like 5 a.m. I set my alarm clock so I could wake up and spend time with God. Now, I wasn't faithful in doing this all the time, but I had to make time to sit down in the presence of God where I can talk to Him, I can vent to Him, I can speak to Him, and I can hear from Him. Set an appointment with Him and stick to it because that personal time with Him is going to help you one-on-one with Him directly. Surround yourself with people of faith and hope so they can strengthen your hope. Mine was you. You lived with me every single day. So you would speak the word. You would declare the word. You know, it's a pandemic, so we're not around people all the time. But also, too, I was YouTubing different sermons of of hope or strengthening or building up my spirit, man. Things that I needed to put into my spirit, whether it be music and the word of God, on top of that alone time that I had with God. And refuse not to quit. That right there, the secret to everything is victory. You have to know that you're triumphant over everything in every single situation. So I had to have that in my mind. Now, how do I get there, God? How am I victorious? And that's everything I would say to him at five o'clock in the morning. God, you said. And so how is that so? And show and reveal. And I ask these questions, but then I also position myself to hear. I know a lot of natural things happen in this world that we feel like we're in deep, dark holes. And sometimes it feels like we there's no impossible way to get out. But we have to shift to the spirit realm. And a lot of key points that you had said mix with that personal relationship you have with the Holy Spirit and your Abba Father. All of that comes from Jesus Christ. I don't care how much of a Christian we are. We have anxieties over situations. And when we get real with God, that's when he can get real with you to show you your true victory. God, I'm weak in this area. Show me how to be made strong. God, I'm doubting in this area. God, I need you to come against that disbelief. You know what I mean? When we speak these things that are truthful to our Father, He's so good that He will reveal things to us that is really there. And it might not be a matter of disbelief. It's a matter of your breakdown of hope. It might be you're fatigued. But He'll show you how to be victorious. Just like different victories of the Bible. There was different strategies. If He says, hey, praise around singing praises for seven days, you know, or, or turn around, touch your head and touch your... I'm going to do just that, no matter how crazy it sounds. Like Noah was crazy until God showed up. Moses was crazy until God showed up. And God has me do some crazy things sometimes, but he shows up every single time. 
And that's why I love him. And that's why I chase him. And that's why my hope is anchored in him. So I know sometimes when I can get in a hole, it's only a matter of time until he shows up. When he shows up in my deepest, darkest holes, then the word that starts to come out of me, that fire that illuminates in me, brights out the darkest hole. And I can just burn my way out. I can walk my way out of every situation because I know I can. Because I know that I am the light that he calls me to be. I know I'm a glory carrier. I start to declare these things that is so and so it is. No demon in hell can come against you when you're speaking the word of God, mixing it with your faith and your hope and your love and admiration towards the covenant you have Amen. with the Father. And one thing I love to say all the time that we must remember is that life is not fair, but God is faithful. Jesus left us the Holy Spirit, which is the comforter. I tried the alcohol. I tried the drug. I tried the lust. I tried everything else, but I also tried Jesus. So I know the difference. I'm not speaking off something I heard. I'm speaking off experience. You got to take it there. You got to be transparent. A lot of times we want to deal with things like we talked about masking situations, right? Some people want to do alcohol or drugs or whatnot to mask a situation, but that's not hope. Hope is being transparent with the father to me. And something supernatural is happening in that relationship when I'm talking to him. I need you to sustain me. I need you to show me where I'm weak. I need you to, and he in turn tells me instructions, you know, whether it come by that voice, that idea, that dream, there'll be a response from him. And he'll continue to speak as I'm continuing speaking and it can go on. Sometimes a season of that relationship of communication goes on. He's my counselor. The word says he's my counselor. He's my helper. He's my everything. He's the great I am. So I expect to get an answer all the time I speak to him because he's a true and living God. So that's my my thoughts on hope. When you think it's broke down, you're crushing it, or maybe you don't even know if you're losing it. Like, woman, well, I have hope. I'm a Christian. Not necessarily. Even the strongest people have days that they, you know, feel kind of hopeless in a situation. God, give me the right words to say to my sister or to my brother or to you know, my children, or to speak over myself. When the word says that our life and death are in the power of our tongue, why would I just want to speak anything? God, what will you have me speak? What will you have me bind and loose? I ask for direction and what to say, what to think. And that's me submitting to his will and his way. So that's just my thought. It's a personal relationship. It's something supernatural. And it's something that I refuse to hide. In the wrong way does not work but the right way which is jesus christ has sustained me through everything i have went through will sustain me through everything that i will go through he's a sustainer and he sent the holy spirit which is the comforter look at the comforter he comforts so much of the healing has came in those moments that i sit before god when i set those appointments and keep those appointments with him when I have hope that he's going to answer. And that's the time that I can vent, cry out, scream. A couple times I accused him, I'll be real. But there was so much healing that came from that. There was so much release. I needed to be healed. I needed to be delivered. I needed to even be set free in areas of my life I didn't even understand. And God was dealing with the root of situations. He was revealing to me. And it wasn't that I was hopeless because I had hope in him. I was weary, I was concerned. And he started to just bring peace and 
make every crooked area straight. He strengthened me. And then he began to show me other things, you know, about pillars and so forth. So it's amazing what we can take to the presence of God and he can turn around and take you to the root of it. And that's his word. When we're feeling weak and weary, we have to take a step back and wait on God. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Wait upon the Lord. I say, wait upon the Lord. Well, I'm going to pray just because I feel like I need to pray. Abba, Father, thank you so much for the moments that you give us, God, that we can be transparent and real. God, we love to come naked before you, Father God, to say, here I am, Lord. God, we love you so much, and we need you in every area of our life, God. God, I just thank you that you come, God, and not only just to clean and set free, God, but you come, God, to heal in the areas that we need that we don't even know. So, God, thank you, God, for searching us out every deep area of our life. God, I ask that you search out the ones that are lost in Brooklyn, God, that are hopeless, the ones that are cutting themselves, the ones that have lost their parents, the ones that are depressed, God, the ones that have anxiety, fears, that can't sleep at night, God, the ones that just want to even give up on you. Father, the ones that have been asking and saying, I've been praying, I've been talking to God, but God, I'm asking, God, that you open up their ears, God, that you give them supernatural encounters with you, God, supernatural experience, God, that the wind blow and that they know that there is a living. God and he is you. Let them call upon the name of Jesus, God. We know that the world seems like it's a big, dark, black hole right now, God, and I can't even imagine what it would be like out here without your Holy Spirit or even the hope, God, of the presence of the living King. So, Father God, I just pray for the lost, God, for the broken, God, for the the ones that feel like they're just all left out here alone, that they're not alone, that you came to give your life. You paid the price, God. Your precious blood gave them access to freedom. You broke captivity. God, you gave life and you gave it more abundantly for them to live in, God, not only just in the natural, but in the spiritual, God. We speak to every mind right now that is wandering and wavering, God, even questioning their fate. Father God, we line it up and take captive every single thought and command it in the name of, Jesus, name of Jesus to be down to your knees, oh, God, we command it to line up to your word. God, we thank you, Father God, for the moments that you come to strengthen, God, the way when you come to show us how to be victorious over situations, God, that you rise up our spirit, man, to decree and declare the things, God, that is so. Father God, every word and every lie of the enemy right now, we renounce it in the name of Jesus and we put it underneath our feet. We know we're children of God, the living King, Father God, and we will be triumphant over everything, God. We will continue to trample on serpents and scorpions. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we are the head and not the tail. Father God, we will decree that we will see this in our lifetime. Father God, in the name of Jesus, transform every mind, every heart that is turning to be sick or wax cold that we talked about. Oh God, renew their heart, God. Transform and clean people's heart, Father God, to be strengthened and steadfast in your word, oh God. Give them the strength to stand, oh God, the strength to run, God, and heal with laughter. Father God, release your joy in a supernatural way. Father God, let the joy come out where laughter heals a dry bone and every dryness and sickness and spirit of infirmity that's upon the people, let it be restored and healed with your laughter and your joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. So God, we thank you and we laugh at the enemy and we laugh at the devil with you and keep him underneath our feet because we are victorious and we praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. Stay strong, we'll motivate it. Keep persevering and don't you stop until you break through the ceiling.